As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Major Spoilers VIP members. VIP stands for very important people, and their small monthly contributions ensure that this podcast remains free for all of you. If you would like to become a bronze, silver, or gold VIP member, go to members.majorspoilers.com for more information. I sure do thank you for your support. Now, here's your show. Power Man and Iron Fist are running through the forest, jumping fits of dodging trees, trying to get away. Written by David Walker and with art by Sanford Green. Oodle lolly, oodle lolly, fiddle battle day. <laughs> This week on Dueling Review, we review Power Man and Iron Fist number one, written by David F. Walker, art by Sanford Green. We know you've been waiting to see Luke Cage and Danny Rand back together and back to street stomping basics. Power Man and Iron Fist are tracking a mystery with all the ingredients of a classic Heroes for Hire tale. Expect old friends, hired goons, crime lords, weird ma magic, plenty of power, a flurry of fists, and as much bromance as you can handle. It's Power Man and Iron Fist reunited. And David F. Walker and Sanford Green are making it feel uh, so good. Oh, yeah. Reunited and it feels so good. Man, you're just singing and singing. I know it's in a great. Steven's so, been singing uh, for the last 15 minutes. It's here's what I here's what I don't like off the top. I don't I, like the cover art. No, the cover is not pleasant. And here's the thing that's really frustrating. What's you know that? how we'll we complain every once in a while about you know you buy a comic say with a John Byrne cover with interiors by Don Perlin right that's a that's a 70s reference for all you young kids it's like you buy a cover with a Michael Turner cover and Rob Liefeld interiors for you kids of actually of the 90s so that's still a 20 year old reference this is the opposite in that it's the same artist but the interior art is much much more attractive than this cover. I'm not, I mean I like I mean I don't like the cover. And I'm yeah. a bit mixed still on the interior art. I, I really like uh, the depiction of Luke Cage and Jessica and their kid and Tombstone. Mm -hmm. But there are times where Danny Rand looks totally I don't know. Well, it, well, sometimes his expressions go all out of out of whack. I mean, there are times where literally I think Characters in this book look like the lead singer of the Gorillas. So, I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it can right. be jarring at times. It's definitely stylized. I think that 
For me, it's successful in that the moments where uh, early in the book, Luke and Danny are commiserating about something, and Danny looks really down and sad, mm -hmm. and Luke has his arm on his shoulder, and he's like, hey, pal, I know how you feel. Let's go get some ice cream, tiger. That's a really strong moment. I mean, emotionally, that works. And then, you know, when their friend gets out of prison, Luke's like, got this kind of cautious look and Danny's super excited mm -hmm. with the big giant eyes, like a, like a hyper yeah. excited kid. And mm -hmm. I kind of like that. I feel like, first of all, this depiction of Luke is one of my favorites in forever. Mostly as far because as from the he, art side. Yeah. He hasn't been able to wear a shirt in Marvel comics for mm -hmm. about 10 years. Okay. So, you know, having him back in a shirt, much less a nice yellow silk shirt, which mm -hmm. by the way, looks really solid. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. There's just there's something about the art that just at times looks really cool, and then at other times it's just like it's out of control. Um, yeah. But it's it's not awful, and I think for this tale that it's that's being told, I think the art complements the work nicely because you've got some crazy action, you've got some uh, crazy dialogue that demands a specific reaction from your characters, and you can only do that when you're willing to exaggerate quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think it, it still works, though. The cover, the worst part of this issue, I got to say. Yeah, the cover is really, really unfortunate because I think the cover could conceivably, you know, I've, I've actually heard people who are turned off by the concept simply because of the cover being so very whatever you want to call that. For In your face, crazy. Freaky. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a different perspective you don't normally see. Yeah, and both of the characters look really, really distended and bulbous, and, mm -hmm. and it's, it's well, it's the characters trouble. themselves are super caricatures um, because yeah. here we have Luke Cage, who is just like built like I don't yeah, know. I mean, if you thought that uh, Mike Tyson in his prime was massive, this guy is like ten Mike Tysons slapped together. He's and built like Sanji some, from Street Fighter, is what he's built like. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And and Danny Rand is super skinny. And so the two of them together look comedic. And then the mm -hmm. fact that Luke and the expressions are very vivid and wild. So when Luke is questioning something, you know, he's got one eye that's really big. The other guy eyes kind of squinting. He's got a weird look on his face on that body just is is comical. And I don't know if this I don't know if this is supposed to be a lighthearted take on these characters or not, because the way the story is written, there's a lot of back and forth that's very funny. But at mm -hmm. the same time, there's some serious stuff going on, too. But I don't know. I don't know if this is supposed to be a, a light romp of, of 270s characters back or not. It seems like it. I put it in the same vein as there, there are three or four books that I feel like this is kind of of a piece with. The new Howard the Duck uh, book mm -hmm. from Zdarsky. Mm -hmm. The Rocket Raccoon solo book with Scotty. Is it Scotty Young art? Yeah, yeah. And Squirrel Girl. I think mm, has okay. a similar tone to it. This is, yeah, this is kind of a lighthearted Marvel where the stakes are still high and the weird things happen and you still have, you know, supervillains and references to actual heroes for higher history. Yeah. And you have all of these bits and pieces put together, but when the story is put together, it's kind of a, you know, guardians of the galaxy movie, lighthearted kick him around two bros doing bro things and they happen to have superpowers. Mm -hmm. So what it's is, not exactly a comedy, but I think it's one of those things where it feels like, like a I'm, Murphy Brown. I don't know about Murphy Brown. 
Yeah, we, um, we used to call them dramedies. Where- but I, I can see this being in line with people who like the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I can see this being oh, yeah. in that kind of vein. So yeah. what's what's the story about here, Matthew? This story uh, takes place five years after something that happened back in the day. Um, Luke and Danny have gone to pick up an old friend who has been in prison for five years of Marvel time. Now, is and, this uh, is this in is this a uh, stuff that really happened in the comics, or do you know? Yes and no. Okay. Um, the, they're referencing a character called Crime Buster. The second Crime Buster did appear in Power Man and Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say 105. It was either 104 or 105 back in like 1986. Okay. So the events that they are alluding to here did happen, but somewhere off panel in between, or maybe in the missing months after secret wars, crime buster was in fact killed by his ex-girlfriend because he was abusive. Mm-hmm. She spent five years in jail. And as a final favor, after getting out of jail, she asks Power Man and Iron Fist to go pick up something that belonged to her, a necklace, which happens to be in the possession of Tombstone. Yeah, so, I mean, it seems like, a, Lord of it seems like a simple matter to go in and have a discussion, uh, honest uh, sit-down discussion with, with a crime lord uh, who uh, runs organized crime north of 110th Street, and to get everything situated and be bada-bing, bada-boom, and we're done. Yeah, except... Except what? Except the tombstone says that the necklace belongs to him, that he wanted himself, and it's mm. his property. Yeah. And, of course, Tombstone is a crime lord. And Tombstone, by the way, superhumanly strong and incredibly dense. He has a body that is as dense as concrete. Huh. Unfortunately. He, he looks like Blockbuster. Carl Lucas, known to the world as Luke Cage, sometimes called Power Man, has a body made of steel. Yeah. And Danny Rand has fists of iron. And when you take steel and iron and you start beating on concrete, you get that lovely panel of tombstone flying literally out the window and across the street to land in the gutter, which is an an example, I think, of the not quite completely over-the-top take on the characters. It's nice. It really is because Mm -hmm. it's a fight that Power Man and Iron Fist really shouldn't have any trouble with. Oh, yeah, yeah. Spider-Man beat Tombstone pretty handily. I think at one point, uh, Robbie Robertson from the Daily Bugle uh-huh. took Tombstone in a fight. So, oh, well, there you go. It's not like Tombstone. Tombstone is not your Dr. Octopus. He's he's not a crime lord genius. He's a squarehead. Well, I mean, yeah, he's your average uh, low-level thug. And because they're doing it for family, they consider Jenny family. They're willing right. to do this and get the uh, um, necklace back. Right. As they're leaving, they are are kind of told that the necklace has magical power, but of course they can't hear what he's saying because he's doing some kind of whisper yell thing. Right. Tombstone can't speak. Ah, okay. Tombstone constantly speaks in a hoarse whisper. Why is that? I can't remember. Uh, I think either somebody slit his throat or his vocal cords are made of concrete. Ah. I don't remember. I, I didn't read Spider-Man back in the day. Okay. So it turns out that they get the necklace back. They're willing to believe everything Jenny has told them. Of course, she's had a very rough time in prison. Um, and at the end of the issue, we find out that she's actually working with Black Mariah. Yes. And there is some magical power behind this necklace. She's been lying the whole time. And certainly there can be no repercussions oh, on certainly. Danny and Luke. Well, Black Mariah is, a, is an old school 70s black exploitation Luke Cage villain. 
Mm. And by the way, the the way she's drawn and the angles she's drawn yeah. and the shadow she's drawn with yeah. looks really inappropriate. Yeah, it does. That's what uh, I thought too. But as this issue ends, Luke is back at home with his loving family talking about how he doesn't have time for all that fiddle-faddle That's while, while Danny prints up flyers talking about the return of Heroes for I Hire. I don't think that that's the return of Heroes for Hire because – what it is is he's going back through his old stash of stuff. So he's got Master of Kung Fu comics there. He's got Villain Swag. He's got uh, uh, some Shaw Brothers uh, movies and and whatnot. And some then if junk, you look junkies. if you look on the Heroes for Hire flyer that he's holding, it says 1978 in the corner. But so it's like an old flyer. But it can't actually have been 1978. That's what it says Even- on the flyer. Yes, I understand that in our world, they met in 1978, but neither of them is a day over 35, and 1978 was 40 years ago. Secret wars, man. Secret wars. Secret year wars. I'm just saying that's what the art says, so you might want to take it up with the writers and the uh, the artist of this book. Dear writers. But that is what it says. Um, The X-Men did not actually come forward from 1963 either. I know. That's why it's X-Men 92. Don't even talk to me about that book. Uh, So there's some really great comedy in this bit where Jessica keeps talking on the phone to Luke. Are you guys getting back together? He's like, no, baby, we're not getting back together. This is just a thing that we got to get done. And then, you know, Luke is, I'm sorry, Danny is yelling in the background, say hi to Jessica for me. Tell her I said, how you doing? Yeah. Did you tell her I said, hey? So there's some great dialogue between these two characters, even to the point where now, Luke only says uh, sweet Christmas once in this issue. The rest of the time he's using words like fiddle faddle. Uh, And uh, I forget what the other one was. Uh, Uh, It wasn't like flipperty jib jab or anything like that. It was, it was something like a knickknack paddywhack. Yes. This guy is a bad knickknack paddywhack. And Danny's like, what the hell's going on with this? And then you cut to a scene of, of the family sitting on the couch and, and uh, Jessica saying, Luke, Luke, I love you, but uh, you got to stop cursing. And the baby's just screaming foul language left and right. So it's, it's really, it is super well written. I really like the, the story that we're getting in this issue. And I hope that this level of entertainment and writing continues for the next couple of issues because I was really taken in by this and just a passing knowledge of who Luke Cage and Danny Rand are, right. I think sets everything up perfectly. I don't, I think if anyone's like, Ooh, yes, I read the Jessica Jones or I saw the Jessica Jones series on Netflix and now I'm going to pick up this book and it's going to be all sexy, sexy time and all this other stuff. I think people are going to be in for an awakening there. But uh, this is not an R-rated sexy, sexy book. No, this is not. This is this is something that's definitely relatively youth friendly. Yeah. Um, but it it's not related to the TV series at all. So if people are coming in thinking that they know Luke Cage from that, they don't. Um, yeah, you might. But I really, I really dug this a lot. I, I really got a kick out of this, and I, I give it a big thumbs up, even though I have some problems with the art. Uh, I'm I'm saying that this is a, a good book to read this week. I agree. I think that it, it is a little bit flawed in a couple of ways, but it's flawed in honest ways where it's trying something. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure I'm on board with Iron Fist suddenly wearing a, blue, a Bruce Lee tracksuit costume. Yeah, there's a couple of moments in that. At least he's not but, wearing a tiara, right? Right. But it's fun and it works. And, you know, Luke has a full beard. Mm-hmm. There are actually, you know, tiara jokes. Right. Jessica tells him that he's not allowed to go back into Tierra time. 
I want the tiara back. I, I don't care. You can you can mock me all you want. I think that that headband mock, looked awesome. Mock. The headband looked awesome. The yellow shirt looked awesome. He's it's still a wearing very, a yellow. He's still wearing a yellow shirt. Yeah, it's a classic look. And it's I think just it's not cut down to his navel. Sure, it is. He just buttoned it. <laughs> then it's you not know what? open down to his navel. As not someone who up. read Luke Hero for Hire number two back in the day. You actually you didn't read it when the you didn't read it when the book originally came out. I didn't say or when it originally. I know came you just out. said I back said in the hey, I read it back in the day. day too. I read this issue back in the day too. Back earlier this day. No, shut up. Um, when did uh, Luke change into his purple tracksuit instead of the green and yellow? I mean, Danny. I'm sorry. This is the first time I've seen the tracksuit. So the the purple and yellow thing. I'm not. I don't know yeah. if I'm a fan of the purple. The l- the last suit I remember him wearing in uh, New Avengers was white and gold. Mm, so Secret Wars, eh? Uh, Danny's been changing clothes a lot. I see what they're. The other thing that's cool is, I mean, just as far as there's a lot of background stuff, and I really love it when an artist has the time to really develop the world that these characters are in. Now, granted, it's New York City, so you can right. pretty much have a background fairly easily. But here are these guys driving around in a minivan. And people on the street are recognizing them, waving at them. When they're walking down the street, people are trying to get selfies with them. Uh, they Take, Yeah, taking selfies, trying to get a picture with Power Man. They go to a restaurant as soon as they get uh, pick up Jenny called Excelsior, which apparently I don't know if that's a first time that this has appeared or if that's a running joke through through the Marvel Universe or not. I'm not familiar with it if it is. But if you look on the back wall, they've got pictures of the owner uh, a guy with a mustache, some thinning hair, and sunglasses posing what? with all of these characters. William Shatner is the owner? No, no, no. no. I, I think it's not quite Stanley, although you could kind of squint Excelsior. a little bit and say that that is Stanley. But, you know, it's a, it's a place full of memorabilia, and so that's kind of neat. I just, I really dig how they've created this this world and the characters that inhabit it. In, in the art. And I think it's super well done from that standpoint. I just wish it wasn't so rough and yeah, rough, uh, in places. So still a yeah. big thumbs up. That there, is, there's, there's definitely an inconsistency of the art, but I don't hate it. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's good. It's good stuff. Uh, so go out and pick it up, read it and then read issue number two. All right, coming out next week from Dark Horse Comics, we have Conan the Avenger, number 23, Deathhead, number six, Fight Club, two, number nine. Uh, Hellboy and the BPRD 1953 Beyond the Fences number one. Rodrigo reviewed that this week on the Major Spoilers podcast if you want to kind of get an early hint of what's to come. That had cows in it, right? What's that? That I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, DC Comics has Aquaman number 49, Batman and Robin Eternal number 21, Dark Knight 3 The Master Race number 3, Flash 49 Justice League 3001 number 9, Martian Manhunter gets a trade paperback uh, next week, Superman 49, Superman Lois and Clark number five, Superman, the coming of the Superman number one that we were supposed to review a couple of weeks ago, but it got pushed. And we are Robin number nine. IDW Publishing has Back to the Future number five. Uh, Oh, Matthew, they've got Boy One trade paperback. I know you want to read that. They also have Dirk Gently, A Spoon Too Short number one, Haunted Horror number 21, uh, Haunted Love number one. Jim the Holograms, number 12. Uh, let's see. Star Trek Ongoing 54. 
And TMNT ongoing number 55 uh, is coming out. That'll be fun for Rob. And then it looks like there's a Transformers issue, Transformers number 50. It is a supersized issue, or at least I hope it's supersized. It's a $7.99 book. So Transformers fans, get on that. Comes with a real Transformer. Yes, uh, your book will transform and roll out into the garbage bin if you don't pay attention. Winona Earp, number one, also comes out from IDW Publishing. Winona. Winona Earp. I think that's actually going to be a TV series, too. I think on sci-fi, I want to say. Winona. Yeah. Image Comics has Black Magic, number five. Four Eyes, Hearts of Fire, number two. The uh, Dirty Word, number three, comes out. I'm not going to say that. Uh, Pencil, what is this? Pencil Read. Oh, no. Pencil Head, number two. Plutona, number four. Saga, number 34. And then Spawn, number 261, Matthew. How about that? Spawn. Marvel Comics has the all-new, all-different Avengers, number six. Daredevil, number four. Can't wait to read that. Deadpool, number six. That's a second printing there. Kanan, number 11. Karnak, number two. Who's Karnak? See, uh, what is his deal in the Marvel Universe? Karnak? Yeah. I believe he has the ability to tell the future as long as things are in envelopes. In, in a mayonnaise jar sitting on the doorstep exactly. since 8 a.m. in the morning. Moon Girl, and so that's an old joke, but nobody knows that. I mean, that's like three hosts ago. That guy's been dead for several years now. And unless you watch cable television late at night when they're trying to sell you the best of Carson tapes, no one knows what that is. May a Kurdish yak herder invade your borders. <laughs> Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number four comes out. Silk number five. And then uh, X-Men, the worst X-Man ever number one. Wonder who the worst X-Man ever is. He's a new guy. Or maybe he is. Isn't there an X-Men called X-Man? There was. Yeah, he's maybe, one of Cyclops' children. Maybe that's who it is. And he's the worst. No. It's a new guy. Hmm. He has the ability to explode mm. once mm. in all like the rest category cartoon. You know the one I mean. Oh yeah. Shoot you now. No. Yeah. Shoot you now. Uh, black bag. Number four. Uh, what else do we have? Classics illustrated gets another trade paperback. So if you're a big fan of that, uh, let's see. Deja Thor is number one gets a reprint. Oh man. A lot of reprints. Uh, let's see. Faith number two comes out next week. A lot of people will be excited by, by that. That comes out from Valiant Entertainment. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Ganges number five. Gingerbread. Ginger. I'm sorry. Not gingerbread. Ginger dead <laughs> man. Number one. Ah! That has a mature readers tag on it. So I think there's a lot of nudity in that. N- a lot of nudity and violence in that. Nudity and violence. Hey. Yep. Uh, Home number three, Honor number three, Immortal Wings number one, Imposter number one, John Carpenter's Asylum number 13, Medic number three, Men of Mystery number 66, Munchkin number 14, Rachel Rising number 40, Queen of Vampires number two, also a mature ratings tag. I did not see any of your favorite stuff come out next week, Matthew. It looks like they don't have a book next week. Aw, darn. I know, I'm sorry. Straight Jacket number four. Uh, Vamp pl- Vamp Blade number two, and Z Men number three. Now that's from uh, Take Two Interactive or the uh, Take Two Publishing, the Z Men book. Yes. They advertise on the Major Spoilers website, and if you want to check out, I think they have the first and second issues are free of all of their books. 
That sounds right. So you can go to doubletakeuniverse.com and you can read them all now. And then I think for a few more days, they have some of their number threes are available for free. Wow. Today, I, today I read spring number one is mm-hmm. actually kind of interesting. This all takes place in the Night of the Living Dead universe. Right. Because that's in uh, public domain. Public yeah. domain. They've set everything during that same time period that Night of the Living Dead happens. And so it uh, it's kind of interesting, some of the books. So go check them out for free at doubletakeuniverse.com. Next week on Dueling Review... Back to the Future number five. Doc finishes rebuilding the flux capacitor in the Old West, and it's time to find Marty. But an unexpected encounter threatens to derail the time train. <laughs> I see what you guys did there. Before it can take Doc, Clara, Jules, and Vern back to 1985. You can show your support for this show and everything that we do at Major Spoilers by becoming a very important patron. Very important patron, very important person. You're very important to us. When you sign up at members.majorspoilers.com, your contribution allows us to keep this show going, allows us to pay our growing costs, and gives us the motivation to produce more content for you each and every week. And we thank everyone who is a current VIP. If you're not, take the six-month challenge. Sign up for a five or a two or a five or even a $10 a month uh, donation for six months. And at the end of six months, if you don't Mm -hmm. think the shows sound better, if you don't think you uh, are getting more from your Major Spoilers VIP experience, then go ahead and cancel. But I bet after six months, you'll be feeling a lot better about being a Major Spoilers VIP. I agree. Thank you so much, Matthew, and thank you, listener, for checking us out uh, this week. And we will talk with you next time when you're going to hear Matthew say, Hey, Hugh, that's my scooter. This podcast is copyright 2016 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.